Well, good evening. In the Lord's house, I thank God for this opportunity this evening to try to speak to you concerning God's Word. I appreciate everybody that has made it your choice tonight to be here. I'm thankful for Fairview Memorial Missionary Baptist Church and uh, their work in hosting this study from year to year. I pray that God will continue to bless uh, you for that. I'm thankful once again for the opportunity to be here, and I want to uh, also thank all of you uh, for your prayers throughout this past year. God is good, and He's good to His people, and I'm just very thankful, uh, most of all, to be a child of God, to know Him and to pardon and forgiveness of sin. I want to, as I begin the lesson tonight, and I certainly want to ask for your prayers as I stand before you, and I want to read a, a short introduction, the uh, lesson title that I have been given is Haggai, God's Messenger, and in the first chapter of Haggai, it says in verse 3, in the first part of that verse, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. Haggai was a prophet. And though this year's theme speaks of the minor prophets, we need to remember this, that the scriptures never speak of minor prophets. Uh, they do speak of false prophets, those whom God never called to begin with, but he never referred to any man that he called to be a prophet as one of his minor prophets. Uh, we realize that they've simply been called such because of the brevity of their writings. And uh, so I wanted to, Brother Moran spoke about that uh, somewhat last week, and I wanted to say that also. And in Haggai uh, chapter 1 verse 15, it also says this, Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger and the Lord's message unto the people. So Haggai was a prophet, and he was also spoken of as God's messenger. Now, I hope to be able to get back to uh, the book of Haggai and say some things uh, from this book, but I... No, the Lord has been dealing with me, and I'm convinced uh, of what he would have me to say tonight, and I want to try to follow that. I want to try to follow the leadership of the Lord. And so I'll just say this, that if I don't get back around to the book of Haggai, I actually have fulfilled my responsibility according to the title because I have affirmed that Haggai was God's messenger. And uh, that's what the title is. So <clears throat> I want to say this, that, and this is, we find this all throughout the scriptures, that God sends his messengers to his people to bring to them his message. And uh, that's exactly what a messenger of God needs to do. He needs to bring to people God's message. 
not just his own or not what he would like to say, but he needs to bring what the Lord uh, leads him to bring. And uh, that's what the prophets did. And we see, uh, as I said, we see that uh, you know, time and time again throughout God's Word. Tonight, it's my prayer that this lesson will be a reminder to us as God's people how serious that God is about His Word and how important that it is for us to listen and to obey God. Uh, you know, we, we may hear things, we may hear a message that God sends to us through one of His messengers, and we may take it lightly. We, we may take it much more lightly than what we ought to, but I'm going to tell you, God doesn't. He is very, very serious uh, when He sends a message to His people through His messenger. God is very, very serious about what He's saying. And He doesn't just hope or wish. He expects His Word to be obeyed. And so I pray that uh, we will consider that in light of this lesson tonight. I want to read some scripture found in the 25th chapter of Jeremiah and I want to read verses 1 through 11 of Jeremiah chapter 25. It says, The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, that which Jeremiah the prophet spake unto all the people of Judah, and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, From the thirteenth year of Josiah the son of Ammon the king, the king of Judah, even unto this day, that is the three and twentieth year, the word of the Lord hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye have not hearkened. And the Lord hath sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but ye have not hearkened, nor inclined your ear to hear. Then said they, I'm sorry, they said, Turn ye again now every one from his evil way, and from the evil of your doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord hath given unto you, and to your fathers forever and ever. And go not after other gods to serve them, and to worship them, and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no hurt. Yet ye have not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Because ye have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land, and against all the inhabitants thereof, and against all these nations round about, and will utterly destroy them, and make them an astonishment, and an hissing, and perpetual desolations. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth, and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, 
and the sound of the millstones, and the light of the candle, and the whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Again, that's reading uh, from Jeremiah chapter 25, the first eleven verses. And I want to say just a little bit more about what I was saying there in the beginning. Uh, Sometimes we read uh, in the Old Testament scriptures, we read about uh, how that God's people uh, had sinned against Him and He sent to them His Word. We read about how that uh, sometimes an individual would sin, such as David, the way that David had sinned, that God sent to that individual His Word. And if you read uh, there in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1, it says exactly that. It says the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, unto David. God sent him uh, to David with the, uh, to tell him the parable about the, the little ewe lamb. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that you've read that and you remember David's response that he thought he was talking about somebody else. And I'm afraid sometimes that's our issue. You know, we hear God's Word and we think, wow, He's letting somebody have it, isn't He? And we think it's it's all for someone else. But there again, there is a pattern. When God's people sin, whether it's uh, on a national level, whether it's an individual, in uh, uh, in the New Testament Scriptures, we read about times when the Apostle Paul wrote epistles to churches and reproved them for things they were doing that were wrong. And God always reaches out and He always sends a message to His people uh, when they're doing that. And it's so important that we recognize that and that we listen to that and that we do what God tells us to do, that we obey Him. And so I want you to notice in these 11 verses that I read, I have highlighted five things, five times this is what was said, ye, but ye have not hearkened, but ye have not hearkened, yet ye have not hearkened, because ye have not heard my words. This was said over and over that, you know, I have sent my word to you, you have been warned over and over and over, but you have not listened. Now, we can take this, we can look at this, and we can say, wow, those uh, people of Judah, they were stiff-necked, weren't they? They were hard-hearted people. But if we do that, we're going to be just like David was. We need to consider ourselves. And I believe there's a great lesson uh, to be seen in this, to be heard in this today for us as God's people. In Isaiah chapter 58, in the first verse, the Lord said to Isaiah, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. God has always needed messengers who are willing 
to, to uh, stand and to proclaim the truth. You know, re- without fear or favor of man, uh, you know, listen, uh, if you're going to be a messenger of God, you better not worry about being popular uh, because you won't be. We need, to, we need to hear the truth, the plain truth. And we need to listen to what God uh, says to us. This is the way that it is recorded in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 36, in verses 15 through 21, it says, And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by His messengers, rising up betimes and sending, because He had compassion on His people and on His dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised His words and misused His prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against His people till there was no remedy. Therefore He brought upon them the king of the Chaldees who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion upon young man or maiden, old man, or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into His hand and all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and all the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon, and they burnt the house of God and break down the walls of Jer- the wall of Jerusalem and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths for as long as she lay desolate she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. I want you to think with me how much heartache, how much punishment, how much sorrow could be avoided, how many things that uh, God's people throughout time have faced that they would have never had to face if they would have just listened to God. If they would have just listened to His Word and believed God and did what God was telling them to do, how much would we escape? Uh, because I'm going to tell you, this from the very beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, this concept is taught that God will bless obedience and He will punish disobedience. God told them, He forewarned them that they were going to be taken into captivity, into Babylon, and they were going to spend 70 years. You know what? If you go back to what uh, we read there, in the 25th chapter of Jeremiah, for years they were warned of this. Jeremiah said from the 13th year of Josiah, who reigned over Judah for 31 years, and he he spoke this to them in the fourth year of King Jehoiakim, and so Jeremiah said, for 23 years I've been warning you, and you have not listened. You've not hearkened. You've not listened to God's word. 
And so uh, this punishment came upon them. They were taken into captivity. Now listen, uh, this was not God putting them to a test. God did not send them, uh, turn them over to Babylon and send them to be captives to see how their faith would hold up. They went there because of their sins against God. And uh, if you read in the ninth chapter of Daniel, obviously after having been in Babylon for uh, quite a long time, Daniel realized that. If you read in the ninth chapter in verses 1 through 6, it says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Daniel knew what was going on, didn't he? He knew exactly uh, what this was all about. He, he uh, understood that from the writings of Jeremiah, why they were there, why they were facing the things that they were because of their sins, and they were many. Uh, I know that they were guilty of idolatry, but they were guilty of other things too. And uh, because of that, they were in the condition that they were in. I want you to think with me. And I just, you know, it's a call for honesty. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. I want you to think with me for just a moment how we react in our day to sin. Do we react like Daniel did? Let me ask you this. You just consider these things. You know, when, when uh, God fires a preacher up and he preaches the gospel and he tells the lost people about how Jesus came uh, and died on the cross and made a way uh, for them to be saved uh, and, you know, God's power is in that and uh, God's granting that man liberty, you know, sometimes we just can't understand why they don't turn to the Lord. Why don't those lost people turn to the Lord? Well, they should. They certainly should. But what about when the word comes to us as God's people? What about when the preacher is fired up uh, and God gives him a message of reproof and he preaches to God's people? Uh, let me ask you this. As pastors, when's the last time that God gave you a message uh, to reprove the people of God and you preached that message and it just seemed to have no 
uh, you know, God's people just seemed to have no reaction towards it at all. Uh, you didn't see any tears falling. Uh, you didn't see any heads bowed uh, in shame uh, for people realizing, yes, that's right, we've done that. You didn't see people uh, fall on their face before God and say, God, forgive us for what we have done. Daniel did. The way I understand it, he tried to repent for the whole nation. We've sinned. We've sinned against you, God. I'm afraid. Now, I, I want to say this. If you don't like what I'm saying, please remember, I didn't ask you to. But I want to say what God sent me here to say. I'm just afraid that we don't take sin like we should. We just don't react to our sins like we should. We cherish it. We, uh, you know, we just, we, you know, well, that's true, but we do nothing about it. We don't react favorably to it. Uh, we just kind of find a way to, you know, to, to push it aside and not have to react to it. But listen, God sees that, and he knows that. God told them, told them that they were going to go into captivity. And it was because of their transgressions. And let me tell you something. When that took place, when they were carried to Babylon, it was because of their transgressions. It was because they had not repented before God. You know, God, when God sent Jonah, and this has been mentioned in the study, when God sent Jonah to preach to the people of Nineveh, he sent him with a message to tell that great city that in 40 days they were going to be overthrown. God pronounced judgment upon them for their wickedness. Now we know Jonah at first he did not obey God, and God punished him, uh, and then later on, uh, after he had been spit out by the whale, uh, you know, he was still, God still expected him to do what he had told him to do. And uh, God spared that city from what he had told them he was going to do. Why? Because they believed God. Jesus, I believe in the New Testament, he said they repented at the preaching of Jonah. In the book of Jonah, it says they did that because they believed God. They believed the message from God. They believed the message that Jonah was bringing about the destruction that was going to come on them. And they, uh, even the king came down from his throne and they put on sackcloth and ashes and they repented of what God, uh, they repented of their sins and God spared them. I believe that he would have spared Judah from the captivity in Babylon if they would have repented 
I believe that He would spare us today from what He would, uh, from whatever way He would punish us if we would turn to Him and repent. Aren't you glad that God gives a space of repentance? I had to do it in order to be saved. You did too, didn't you? We had to repent of our sins and trust in the Lord in order to be saved. The last good king, as far as I'm concerned, the last good king that Judah had was Josiah. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 1 through 3, it says Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after God, after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And in the 18th year of his reign, this is a little bit further on in that chapter, in the 18th year of his reign, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law given by Moses, and Shaphan the scribe read it to King Josiah, and it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes, and the king commanded Hilkiah and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Abdon the son of Micah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do all that is written in the book. It bothered him, didn't it? When this was read... And he realized that God's word had been neglected. It bothered him. It should. It ought to bother us too, shouldn't it? Listen, when uh, God makes us to realize that we have been deficient in some way in our service to him, we have been deficient in our obedience to God's word, it ought to convict us of our sins. As God's people, we ought to, if our hearts were really right, we would cry out to God and say, Lord, we've wronged you. But we don't, do we? You ought to see your all's faces, man. Stoic. I'm not making fun. I'm really not. I'm guilty too. We do the same thing. We sit... And we listen to God's word, and it may bother us a little bit. We may, we may be made to realize, just like Josiah was, yeah, we haven't really, you know, we, we, we haven't been doing what's right. We haven't been doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. When you read about the kings, the good kings and the bad kings, you know what made a good king? There's a statement that's made over and over and over. You know what made a king a good king? He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. 
You know what made a bad king? He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And that's, you know, we see in, in the succession of kings in the Old Testament, we see that over and over. Uh, you know, a king would die, uh, their successor would replace them, and a lot of times it would say he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Other times it would say he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And that is what determined whether or not it was a good king or a bad king. In Isaiah chapter 1, this is really interesting to me. In the first four verses of Isaiah chapter 1, it says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. You ever read this and thought about uh, how this speaks of God's people when we don't listen to Him? When we don't obey the Lord? I don't know any other way to take this than just like it says. I believe that they were being told, uh, and we're being told, that when we don't listen to God, uh, when we don't obey the Lord, when we don't do what's right in the eyes of the Lord, when we turn away from God, our level of intelligence drops below the animals. Isn't that what he said? The ox knows his owner. The ass knows his master's crib. They know where their blessings are coming from, but my people don't. In uh, Second Chronicles, chapter 7, in verse 13, the Lord said, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Why would God do that? He wouldn't do that just to do it to us, would he? He would do that because of sin. If I do this, if I, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, if I send pestilence among my people, when... Uh, the locusts were devouring the land. You read the book of Joel. When the locusts were coming through and devouring the land, Job, Joel considered it to be a judgment from God. God said, if this is happening, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We love to quote that verse but I don't think we're real fond about doing it. Oh, listen to what, you know, listen to what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people turn away from their evil ways, uh, I'll hear from heaven, I'll 
heal their land, I'll forgive them of their sin. Yeah, that's what it says. Big difference between quoting it and obeying it, which is what we need to do. I want to look at this. The last king of Judah, Zedekiah, he was a bad king. He was an evil king. And, uh, you know, there, there was not any one person responsible for the Babylonian captivity. The nation, the people of Judah, the kings were responsible, the people were responsible. Their sins brought that upon them, but I really believe that Zedekiah was responsible for the physical destruction that came upon the city of Jerusalem. Let me read this, Jeremiah chapter 38, verses 17 through 23, says, Then said Jeremiah unto Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, If thou wilt assuredly go forth unto the king of Babylon, unto the king of Babylon's princes, Then thy soul shall live, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and thou shalt live and thine house. But if thou wilt not go forth to the king of Babylon's princes, then shall this city be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and thou shalt not escape out of their hand. And Zedekiah the king said unto Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews that are fallen to the Chaldeans, lest they deliver me into their hand, and they mock me. But Jeremiah said, They shall not deliver thee. Obey, I beseech thee, the voice of the Lord, which I speak unto thee. So shall it be well with thee, and thy soul shall live. But if thou refuse to go forth, this is the word that the Lord has showed me. And behold, all the women that are left in the king of Judah's house shall be brought forth to the king of Babylon's princes, and those women shall say, Thy friends have set thee on and have prevailed against thee. Thy feet are sunk in the mire and they are turned away back. So shall, or so they shall bring out all thy wives and thy children to the Chaldeans and thou shalt escape out of their hands. But listen, but shalt be taken by the, and thou shalt not escape out of their hand, but shalt be taken by the hand of of the king of Babylon, and thou shalt cause this city to be burned with fire. Let me tell you something. You can bring great misery upon yourself and people around you by disobeying God. That has been proven over and over and over. When Jonah was out there on that ship running away from God, didn't he put the lives of those uh, mariners in jeopardy? Sure he did. When, uh, you know, that great storm 
was tossing the boat around. It wasn't just doing it to Jonah. And they were working hard. They were rowing hard. They were trying to, you know, get that boat to shore. I'll tell you something. Uh, Listen, you don't want to be hanging around somebody if they're running from God. We can put ourselves and those around us. What was it the Apostle Paul said? A little leaven. Leavens the whole lump. God is serious. He is serious about what he tells us. And uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Sometimes the Word of God reproves us. Now, you know, I I love God's people. I love to be with God's people. I'm thankful to be one of God's people. But I'm going to tell you this. uh, I believe that all of us have our faults. And I believe all of us sin against God. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And, uh, you know, listen, I just don't believe that we're so good that we have no need of repentance. We do. And uh, when, whenever that God shows us, whenever He shows us our faults, our failures, our sins, that's what we need to do. I believe we'd all, we would all love to see great revival. I'll tell you what, though, I believe before it comes, it will be preceded by some repentance among God's people. We have become, uh, we've, we've become too attracted to the temporal things of this world. The Bible tells us not, we should not do that. We're not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. We are to uh, present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, and not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When uh, uh, When the 70 years were over, when the Persians had taken control and uh, the people were uh, allowed to go back to their homeland and uh, God had put it on the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. You can read in Ezra Ezra chapter 2 and 3 about the work being started The foundation of the temple was laid. The people rejoiced when it was. And then there were those that came along, as as there always is. There's always those who want to hinder the work of God. There were those who, who came along and hindered the work of God. And the work ceased until the second year of Darius, the king of Persia. And that 
is what we are reading about in the first chapter of Haggai. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses? And this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Listen, when we put anything before God, He's upset because He's a jealous God. When we procrastinate about the work of the Lord, God is not pleased because He's a jealous God. And when we find ourselves guilty of doing these things, we better consider our way. If we want to, uh, if we want to have favor with God, we're going to have to obey God. We're going to have to obey His word. We're going to have to do the things that God tells us to do. Uh, if we're going to, uh, if we're going to please the Lord. Now I know. Uh, there's a lot. I do have copies of my lesson. Uh, I will put those out. If you would like to uh, have one, you can have one. There, you'll find mistakes in it. Uh, I, I would just say, uh, if you do, uh, just uh, contact the proofreading department. It's their fault. I'm concerned about us. I really am. I'm concerned about me. I'm concerned about us. I'm concerned that we are too much like the people of Judah. We hear God's word. But James said that's not enough, didn't he? It's not enough just to hear. We've got to be doers. We've got to apply it to our lives. And uh, we, we just need, we need to walk with God. We need to stay close to Him. We need to have power with God. And in order to do that, we're going to have to listen to God. We're going to have to obey God. Thank you for your attention.
Amen. Amen. I uh, appreciate what the Lord laid on Brother Jerry's heart. And uh, certainly, uh, there's always room for me to grow. Amen. 